Episode 222 of the Whatnots Review Show, where every week we pick a story and we talk about it. This could be a movie, a TV series, anime, manga, comic book, audio drama, all kinds of entertainment. We watch it, read it, listen to it, and then we come back here and we discuss it. My name is Melissa Wilkinson, and I am joined as always by Kyle Springer. Hello, Melissa. How was your morning? It's been okay. I, I had a big night out last night. Oh, did you guys, did, did you, because I know you mentioned you were at a birthday party. Shout out yes. to fan of this sh- 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 show, Jack. Friend of, friend of, friend the, of show. the show. Previous Jack. guest, Jack. Yeah. yeah, it was Jack's birthday uh, and she wanted to go out to a, a karaoke lounge. That's cool. This place was f- fancy. <laughs> nice. <was> very fancy. <laughs> and you could pi- you could search through their catalog of like literal karaoke tracks but you could also search youtube mm. uh which was a terrific boon I, I i got to do the wendy's hot drinks song which was the only <laughs> thing i wanted to do sincerely like everything else was some sort of a bit but it's like no i i like that song really calls to my heart more than any real song that's not about teaching you how to make a hot coffee <laughs> <laughs> I was going to do hot stuff. drinks. Thanks. Good stuff. I had a good weekend. Uh, the, my girlfriend and I finished watching Lost. Uh, it was wow. her first time, my like sixth or seventh time, because it's one of my favorite shows. Uh, so it's been an emotional weekend. Lots of uh, laughing and crying and uh, discussing Lost. It's been yeah. a good, good time. What a special time in a person's life to see the know, series right? finale of yeah. Lost. <laughs> She's a woman now. <laughs> <laughs> After you watch the series finale of Lost, you suddenly hear pomp and circumstance and then you, you're handed a diploma. Right, yeah. <laughs> Congratulations. Now get out there in the world. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Go out and spread the word that the <laughs> island was never purgatory. Make sure people know that. Yes, they answered the polar bear question in season three, if you're paying attention. Uh, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah, it it, it, it it was good. It's been a good weekend for sure. And then D23 awesome. was also this weekend, yeah. too. Yeah. So. Very exciting. That panel was earlier than I thought it was yesterday. So I had time to like watch the the new rock stars live stream of them cool. covering all the news as it came out. I had time to learn everything before I went out for the night. So got to go out on the town having seen the werewolf by night trailer. Felt good. Good stuff. Uh, we will have reactions to some of those trailers up on our YouTube channel as well. Uh, so be on the lookout for all of that. But Melissa, what are we here to talk about this week? We continue Shame Timber. This is part two of Shame Timber. Every year, you and I each get a week to pitch each other movies that are on our list of shame that we've never seen. Yeah. These could be huge cultural touchstones or very specific things to us. Uh, I think my first Shame Timber was I've, I love the Daniel Craig James Bond movies, but I've never seen Dr. No. It could be anything. And this week, my shame timber was I have never seen all of Titanic and you hadn't either. 
I hadn't either. Kind of wild, because last week we talked about the Godfather trilogy. Mm. Uh, that one had been on my list, and you happened to haven't seen that. You yeah. had not seen that one <laughs> either. Uh, and it worked out this week that we also both hadn't seen the one for this week. Titanic. Uh, I I always have this like vivid memory of the house that I lived in growing up in our basement. We had one of those bookshelves. I mean, kind of like these cube organizer like bookshelf yeah. things that I had. But those really tall ones, those like single column, like real tall ones. Mm. Um with all of our movies on it, all our DVDs, all, all that stuff. And I remember our two-part cassette, like two-part VHS uh, of the Titanic sitting right next to our two-parter of Ben-Hur. And, <laughs> right, like our our, our two-parter of, I don't know who, who knows what, but, uh, like, yeah, just, like, for some reason, I just, uh, that is a memory that sticks out in my head yeah. that we had the VHS, and it was a two-part VHS. VHS uh, is yes yeah these um. hs <laughs> um but yeah i like i'm i'm not surprised i haven't seen it mm. but also kind of am it, just uh, with how big of a cultural touchstone mm -hmm. this is and it's one of those things of just how how have i gone this far in life without having seen this before um, so here we are. I finally watched it. Finally got to see it. And uh, it was good. I enjoyed it. <laughs> it is good. Yeah. There's a reason why it won like 11 Oscars. Titanic is a very, it's a very <laughs> solid piece of filmmaking. It is very this good. Is always, this has always been on my list of shame because I remember being, we had like the two VHS tapes that I think mm -hmm. like an aunt brought over uh, or maybe they were rented from Blockbuster. They were like those two clamshells that were like rubber banded together in the middle. <laughs> it was like 98. It would have been when it was out on home video already. And we started watching it. I think me, my mom, my little brother and like an aunt. And I, I chickened out at the flooding scenes somewhere when Leonardo DiCaprio was handcuffed in that little room and the water's rising, I, I couldn't take it anymore. I was like, Mom, can, can you turn it off? Can we watch something else? Can I watch Rugrats or whatever? And I <laughs> never did that. I was not like a scaredy cat kid. Stuff like that usually didn't intimidate me or frighten me. So this yeah. has always been the one movie that I was too scared to finish. I've And I just That's took me ages to come back around to it in my adult life. I wanted to. By the time I was like 13, I was like, what was I doing? I got to go back and finish that movie. But it took until now uh, on our third annual shame timber for me to be like, this has got to be the year I can go no farther in my adult life. Having not seen all of Titanic, even though I know how Titanic ends, we all know how Titanic ends yeah. famously. Yeah. If, 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 if you have a sinking feeling watching this movie, uh, like you're, you're not alone. <laughs> Um, no, like I, yeah, that, that's interesting though, that like at a younger age, you were scared to finish the movie. I'm, I'm wondering if it's, it like, it's not 
like a fantasy film. Like there's not like like fantasy action where like things are explored, mm. like which is maybe more palatable because, you know, it's fake. You know, it's like not re- yeah. Whereas this. It does have some CGI or like models, like scaled uh, like shot. But like it's all like realistic it's all like hey yeah very practical can happen it was practical yeah Yeah, it did happen right so that like i wonder if something like that like got in your head i think like more realistic things scared me like when i was a little kid when i was a baby i loved the crypt keeper my older brother says these are like that was the first like tv thing i latched on to when i'm like a year and a half old and he's watching tales from the crypt i love that weird skeleton man but i was terrified of freddy krueger i think because i could tell like this man caught on fire and any of us could catch on fire sure like, anything that could be a real world threat in some way like i knew i wasn't gonna get knives for hands but I'm like i i could get i could be in a house fire or something and i could look like him yeah. i could be on a boat and the boat gets too wet and i drown like anything that theoretically could happen to me that spooked me too much of a good thing is a bad thing fire good thing too much of it bad thing right i was scared of too (laughs) too much water bad thing right scared of too much water too much fire yeah fantastical things i could always take you know i loved x files as a kid i liked the spookier stuff i Interesting. This, this was the one thing, and now now I've conquered it. I I have seen all of Titanic, all like three hours and seven minutes. Well, congratulations, Melissa, on conquering your fear. <laughs> mm-hmm. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, Titanic. I I guess for any of you who don't know or haven't seen the movie, like we hadn't. Uh, this is inspired by real events. Of course, there was a real ship by the name of Titanic. Uh, that did sink. Uh, I'm not sure all the stats of like how many actual people did die and how many survived and all that, that, that stuff, but it was a uh, pretty significant event. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, this is James Cameron's 1997 uh, yes. magnum opus uh, on on this event here. It's a, like a three hour and 20 minute long movie. Um, you guys, I'm sure, know all the memes, all the jokes, all the lines. Yeah. Um, that's something that at least I had absorbed through cultural osmosis. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's something. Go ahead. Something I want to remark on is that the imagery and the lines that people know from this movie come from throughout its very long runtime yeah and when we watched the godfather we realized all the things we knew were from like the first hour of the first, first one yeah with, and with I think very it's interesting few exception that, yeah yeah so much of this movie throughout throughout all of it has pervaded culture it's not just like the first hour and then people got bored and wandered away and they don't know what happens anymore everybody knows <laughs> all of this movie entirely yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a pretty straightforward film about uh, the 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 ship taking off and then hitting an iceberg and sinking. Um, but yeah, it, it is a considered a classic. It is a masterpiece. It is 
it's i mean it, it is the classic of just like i just want to watch a train wreck as it happened like this is <laughs> that movie it is a shipwreck waiting to happen and then it happens and it happens for an hour and, and a half um and it is enthralling it is it is uh-huh. you want to watch every single second to be like what is happening uh, yeah yeah it's uh it's yeah. a it's a fantastic one It's successful at being so many different genres. If Mm -hmm. we've got this really beautiful romance at the heart of the thing that I think is well done. But if the romance is too hokey for you, if you're just not the sort of viewer who latches onto a romance, then you've got the real historical detail. You've got the disaster movie, just the spectacle of this massive ship and what it is in the narrative and what it is in filmmaking just to look at this movie and see how much effort was put into it it's remarkable yeah (laughs) how there's it feel it does feel like it's really immersive you are in that space but also you can step outside of it you're thinking about both the real people in the water and the actors in the water like at equal weight in your mind and you're just marveling at all of it this is such a unique film experience. I I don't know if there's anything else that is like there's other movies that have given us the romance, the spectacle, the sweeping grandeur of the thing or the terror, the disaster. But I don't know if there's any other movie that has this exact formula of every different emotion that goes into it. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a it's a wild one for sure. I think I read on the Wikipedia that it they the it was like the at at the time yeah. it was the most expensive film made um and at one point i think they had calculated that it was like a million dollars per minute of footage uh in in that which is kind of wild but like yeah the detail is absolutely there and there is some CGI reconstructions of the mm. ship that they use in this. But like we said, most of this is practical or or, or made yeah. to, to look like it is very, very realistic. Uh, there, there, there is no big special effects shots. You, you know, you don't need to have Iron Man flying around or doing all of that stuff. But. Yeah, just the the way they they shot this with these real practical effects was was mm. was neat and uh yeah, it's it just it it is a spectacle to watch yeah. this whole, this this whole thing. So, if yeah, you haven't were... seen it, go check it out. I recommend Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Uh I watched it on Prime. Uh mm-hmm. m- go to your aunt's house and she if, see if she still has two VHS tapes. I wish I could have watched it in that format cuz like I don't know yeah. when the break point is i don't know when your intermission is i was trying to figure out when it would have been i I don't know if i exactly nailed it down (laughs) interesting um what's really funny about yo and i watching this movie right now uh is that of 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 course there are memes and jokes out there about leonardo dicaprio not dating anyone older than the age of 25 uh we are at the 25th anniversary or it will be uh like real soon here i think the 25th anniversary of titanic uh and so there there have been memes uh floating out there of uh like 
people interviewing DiCaprio being like, so what was your favorite thing about uh, filming Titanic? And he would be like, what movie was that? Oh, no, I wasn't in a movie called Titanic because it's the 25th anniversary. So he's done. Moving on. Um, <laughs> so uh, I, I don't know if I have much else to say for. Uh, yeah. What like can be said? Spoiler for free stuff. Uh, I mean, you guys kind of already know the spoilers. <laughs> difficult, difficult to spoil the film. <laughs> yeah. we, we all know historically and in terms of the pop culture of the main fictionalized characters in the narrative. We know what happens to everybody. Yeah, indeed. Uh, we'll go check it out. Uh, but right now we will take a quick break for some housekeeping. And when we return, we will get into spoilers and start discussing the film more in depth. Uh, so we will be right back. We put a lot of hard work into the shows that we make. And yes, we make multiple different shows here at The Whatnots. And we'd love it if you check them all out. You can find out more information on our website at thewhatnots.com, as well as your favorite podcasting platform of choice. When you type in the whatnots, all of our shows will pop up right there. Just don't forget to give us a nice rating and review if you like the shows. If you want to support what we do here at the whatnots, patreon.com slash the whatnots is the best place to do that. You can support us for as little as a dollar a month. You can get all kinds of exclusive content at the $3 tier. You can also get a shout out and a thank you on all of our shows at the $5 tier. You can support us on Twitch by subscribing to our channel at twitch.tv slash the whatnots. And we would love to have you all join us for our live streams and talk with us in the chat. And lastly, we have merch. If you'd like to grab yourself a shirt or a sweatshirt or a mug or something else, go to the whatnots.com slash store to pick up some merch today. All right, and we are back. A big shout out to all of our Patreon supporters uh, we love you and appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank it means you. A lot. Mm -hmm. uh, cool things that we have been up to here at the Whatnots. Uh, like we mentioned before last week here on the review show, we covered the Godfather trilogy. Uh, that was a lot of fun. That was our first week of Shame Timber for 2022. Uh, and so here we are for part two of that uh, to watch Titanic, uh, which Melissa, you kind of dubbed as the Godfather for women. I. <laughs> As, as approximately close, you know, these men's, right. woman, men's movies and women's movies being very, very broad, stereotypical, outdated <laughs> concepts. But still, it was on yeah. my mind, this shame timber, that that was sort of a theme we ran into. I'm like, what is the chick flick equivalent of The Godfather? As close as I could get it. Is it yeah. Titanic? Good stuff. Good stuff. Uh, on the captain's log... Uh, man, this past week, we had some whiplash of all the content that we uh, had on the podcast. Uh, the Queen of England pa passed away. Uh, we had some updates for some new Mountain Dew flavors that we had to <laughs> <laughs> rank and talk As about. As there is death, there is also birth. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, we got to make some final predictions for D23. Uh, all sorts of stuff. We had a great time. Uh, and then keep your eyes peeled because at the end of the month here uh, in September, I guess this this next week 
is is, is that right? No. Like we've got one more it. week of regular pitches, and then yes, the final week in September, we're going to start our new monthly ongoing series, and we're going to be reading a comic you found, Kyle, well, called Kaiju Max. Yes. So keep your eyes out for that because I'm super excited. I've been. T- trying to get more uh, kaiju content uh, here on the review show in 2022. Uh, So I think my mission has been a success. Uh, But for the captain's log at the end of the month, keep your eyes peeled because we are going to do a fantasy draft of. uh, Well, so so far we've been planning uh, like best TV show opening credits uh of of the the hat stuff it's subject to change if we want to yeah that's the one we planned we're hoping to have some guests join us uh on on the show for that uh but that should be a lot of fun so go check that out when it's out um and then last but not least like i said at the start here d23 is happening this weekend Uh, All sorts of new trailers and announcements and stuff like that. Uh, So we will have some trailer reactions up on our YouTube page as well. Um, We we finally got Werewolf by Night confirmed and a trailer dropped. We got our first trailer for Secret Invasion, which is super exciting. Uh, And then... Recently, here on the review show, we covered National Treasure for the 4th of July weekend. Uh, We also got our first trailer to the Disney Plus show of the of National Treasure. Uh, So I'm excited about that one as Mm -hmm. well. But that is all the housekeeping that we got for you right here, right now. So let's dive in to spoilers. No pun intended by dive in. (laughs) let's plummet uh, to our deaths in spoilers god man this podcast sure has been a shipwreck (laughs) (laughs) fun stuff um melissa where do you want to start with this one i i want to talk i i want to talk about the weird emotional reaction i had to this movie watching all of it in my adult life this is a movie that is there's a lot to think about when you watch it. There's just purely the movie itself, everything mm-hmm. you see on screen. There's the true historical tale, and then there's like the craftsmanship and the performance and the technicality and and all the work that went into making the thing. So you're th- you're thinking about the movie, the behind the scenes documentary, and the historical documentary of the thing, like in three layers all on top of each other at once while you're watching this. Yeah, and it is like almost overwhelming i watched this movie and after that i googled why is nature cruel because i was so i was so upset that like the iceberg didn't have the manners to just like politely step out of the way of the ship the water didn't think about gee there's a lot of people in me maybe i could be a little warmer i'm like why did all this stuff happen why did everyone have to die there was no it did bothered me so much and i know it's like the silliest stuff this happened 110 years ago yes i know that an ocean isn't sentient and it won't like lift you up like the water in moana i know that but i was still like overcome with emotions and i'm googling why did this happen and and then the next day i felt bad again like i was too involved oh, no. <laughs> thinking about 
the literal deaths. And it's like, you didn't pay enough attention to the filmmaking. It was like, <laughs> like I, I feel like my brain doesn't have enough room to hold all of the things that this movie is. And I'm like paying disrespects to somebody if I think about another part too much. <laughs> this is a movie like... I know I'm going to need to rewatch and I want to rewatch because there is a lot there to see and to appreciate. Mm-hmm. But like, I am, <laughs> it's a movie that makes me wonder, did I, is there a correct way to watch Titanic? I know there's no wrong way to eat a Reese's, but like, how do I Titanic? How do any of us Titanic? Interesting. Uh, that, funny enough that sounds exactly like something you would do you are absolutely the kind of person to see some tragedy in the world and just be like how can i help like what can i do so yeah you you being like why is nature cruel is like that is absolutely melissa yeah um yeah it's it's interesting i i i feel like if i was a history buff and knew more about the actual like true life historical events here i would want to go back and watch this to see what details i missed or what they included in there Mm -hmm. that maybe isn't like a part of the plot but is just shown or is depicted and not mentioned right like that's that is the stuff that i would like to know more of um, but just as as someone who is unaware of a lot of that, besides the like the Cliff Notes version mm-hmm. of like, well, didn't end too well. Um, it, it yeah, like I I enjoyed the film a, a lot. I I think it, it is a huge spectacle to watch. There's so much to look at to see. There's so much happening on the ship at all times. Uh, but it is one that I, I, I think you're also still just meant to sit back and enjoy like you're like, despite the tragedy, like there is, there, there is just a lot of fun to be had, like watching this thing. Um, yeah, you can take it at any level you want. If you want the shallowest film viewing experience, or if you want the deepest film viewing experience, either tip of the iceberg, the film has it for you. I do really like that, that it is a movie that can be approached in different ways. It's got a versatility to it in that regard, that it can mean so many things to different people. It is admirable. And to talk about, I mean, I'm just doing a a cursory look over the trivia page on IMDb. And there is some incredible, like, historical stuff that is shown, but never specifically told to you. Like, towards the end of the movie, when the water is flooding into the ship and you see various people who know they're not going to make it out, there's an older couple who are both holding each other in bed. The elderly yeah. couple sing, seen hugging on the bed while water floods their room were the owners of Macy's department store in New York, Rosalie Ida Strauss and Isidore Strauss, both wow. of whom died on the Titanic. Like, nothing tells you, oh, here's this, cu-, like, in, in the way that this film has a lot of dramatic irony to it, like, Picasso, he's never going to make anything of himself. <laughs> right, yeah. There's no, like, historical irony with, you see that couple? I heard they own... Oh, some big department store in New York City. I don't know if that's going to take off. Like, they they don't tell you 
like it's not a historical in joke. It's not like some eggheaded, hey, did you know? It's just this really beautiful emotional moment between these two characters who I don't think you, if you do see them in crowd scenes up until then, they're never highlighted. Uh, right. Like this, you just need that one shot of both of them on the bed. They don't need to be introduced. They don't need backstories. They don't need names. A single image is all of the emotion. It is everything you need for that moment to pay off and do what it needs to do. Yeah. Indeed. Um, yeah, like that, that is the kind of stuff that I'm like, I'm sure there's a bunch of stuff like that in the or that I just don't know am am unaware, wouldn't think of if if I like didn't have some hint or clue that I should be paying attention to this like, hey, mm-hmm. go go look this couple up online. There's more to learn about them, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah, like Bill Paxton doesn't mention them in, in his like contemporary 1997 spiel of everything that happened to the Titanic. He's not like, the founders of Macy's died there too. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, So yeah, like that, that I think is one of the incredible things about this movie and why it's launched it into mega stardom, right? Like this, this is because we, kind of jokingly called this the god like the like the as as much as we could right the, the godmother the, the, yeah yeah the godmother <laughs> the 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 godfather but for women what is the chick flick uh-huh. equivalent um and yeah, yeah like that is the thing like stereotypically i i'm not really as interested in this mm-hmm. movie but it, there's something about it that m- made this just inherently much more fascinating or much more interesting to me watching it for the first time uh, than the Godfather when we watched those last week. Um, It's just it it's something to do with the spectacle. It's something to do with just like I, 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 I can't quite put my finger on it, but at every moment in titanic there's always something yeah and it's just like this is fascinating like i yeah. i need to watch this um it is a a wholly unique moment in human history recreated through another wholly unique moment in human history yeah so uh i i i want to talk about the sinking itself uh yeah this is something that I feel like I was told once before, forgot it, and then as I'm like, as it happened, and I was watching the movie, I I like I it's that like I had a vague memory that I think someone told me that the ship actually sinking is like half of the movie, uh, which you would kind of think maybe. Like the last third, it's the last act and the ship sink, yeah. right? But like, yeah, it's it's the entire second half of the movie, not just like the last half mm-hmm. an hour. Um, and that was fascinating to me is that it takes so long for it to sink, but it is just chaos the entire time. But then again, it's only an hour and a half. It's not that long at all. Right. But it's still just like this is. It, it it just it seems like it goes on forever, but it it also 
seems like it happens so fast and it's just chaos the entire time and it's wild the wildest part about this to me is uh how fast the ship sunk in real life it's yeah. it's such a large portion of the movie it seems very long in the movie but compared to our living human time it's so long another one of these imdb facts is the scene set in 1912, i.e. the whole movie except for the present day scenes and the opening and ending credits, mm-hmm. have a total length of two hours and 40 minutes, the exact time it took for the Titanic to sink. God, also, yeah, the collision exactly. with the iceberg reportedly lasted 37 seconds, which is how long the collision scene is in the movie. The fact that it's, you went from safety to death in real life, in less time than it takes to watch this actual movie. Right, yeah. That boggles my mind. And I read another one of these facts. This is truly chilling. Uh, Let me find this, because this, like, sent such a chill down my spine. James Cameron went on 12 dives to the real Titanic himself and found it an overwhelming emotional experience to actually see the sunken ship. During his first trip, he was so goal-oriented that he managed to film the shots he wanted. But as soon as he was back on the surface, he broke down in tears after finally realizing the magnitude of the historic tragedy he had just witnessed. He ended up spending more time with the Titanic than the living passengers did. Interesting. Like, for such a long movie where the sinking scenes are so much of the movie gives you this weird time dilation effect. And then you read about the fact that like the, the Titanic only got to be the Titanic for like two days. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's wild. Wow. To think about goodness. Um, but if, yeah, you, if like, there was a Titanic fan convention over a weekend in like an airport Marriott, that is longer than the time the Titanic <laughs> lived so wild i yeah like that's that's what's fascinating fascinating to me is is like in in like typical movie structure you would think the sinking would happen faster or it would Mm -hmm. be you know it'd be the last third but it, it does take up half of that the film there which makes it seem long for Mm. movie standards for movie structures but yeah to then realize well, it actually happened uh, uh, like the actual sinking was the length of the entire movie. Wild. Like that's that's so like, God, that that's so scary, though. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I I I was curious if it was filmed in a kind of like real time like ish, which I guess is not exactly true. But um yeah, just like as I was watching it, that was one of the thoughts going through my he- he- head of like this probably would have happened really fast, uh, especially mm. when they're giving that uh, like computerized like yeah d- uh, demonstration of like here's what happened. It went up, and because it went up, that part was too he- heavy yeah. and it split, and then that God, launched it's... it back up as it sank d- down like... and. In other, when you picture a shipwreck, when you picture a ship sinking from like other movies or whatever, it's like there's a hole in the bottom and it just descends horizontally, like it sinks. 
purely sinks. This not only sinks, it tilts. So you are not only fighting against water and and cold and lack of power, you are fighting against gravity. gravity. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um but man, I, I I had a blast watching all of these like mm-hmm. the 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 chaos of the ship sinking because that's exactly what it is. No one knows what's happening. No one knows if this is something we can fix. Is this something we can just block off and uh, like work on it as we continue our journey? Is this something like we can get help and any other boat will be nearby? Do we need to? exit the ship like like what's happened everyone is at all different places uh with this um and it it like that is partly one of the things that's fascinating then like as it slowly becomes more and more apparent to more people just the you just yeah you just start to see things descend into madness and chaos and just the the weird like almost liminal spaces of the interior of the ship as it's starting to flood and people are like screaming for help, but there's no one in that level. Yes. And like maybe one person will run by, but they're so panic stricken and so like into their own thing that they like you almost don't exist to, Mm -hmm. to, to, to them. Um, that stuff is wild just to to yeah. to know that at one point uh jack is d- d- down there tied up to the the like he has the handcuff just screaming no one is near him yeah at all, right and it j- just thankfully he's he had been flirting with this one girl who's like i should go check on him right like, <laughs> i need to go find this hot guy where is he right uh, <laughs> um it, it, and yeah, and but then the, even like when she's down there trying to help him and doesn't know what to do, doesn't know how to, like yeah. she starts being like, "Hey, help! What? Hey, someone? Anyone? Right?" And there's just there's no one. And yeah, it's kind of weird to so... be like you're on a ship. Like you 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 would think there'd be someone. <laughs> it's, they're just it's they're so eerie, up, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's so scary that it's just empty. They this movie does do a lot with the management of the crowd and where the crowd is or isn't at any given moment. Because, yeah, the scenes of like of Rose like running through the hallway, sloshing through the hallways and she gets the axe. There's nobody around her. She's going up levels and turning corners. She's entirely alone. And maybe like one terrified person runs past her and treats her like she's a piece of furniture like she's not another person they're so focused on their own personhood and their own survival yeah and one of the scariest like little tableaus in the movie to me is when they're loading the lifeboats and they're like loading them like re you know uh, pulling the pulleys reeling them down in the ocean and they like have to like they haven't put the first one down fast enough and they're sending another one down after it and it's, and it's all the it's people in the first boat them. who are yeah. trying to like yeah push it back up like no no you're going to crush us like that's also a threat there's the threat of emptiness and the threat of overcrowding and just what the movie does with space is is very effective yeah this is such a scary movie 
It's I wouldn't classify it as a horror movie. Maybe in one like very very specific. Maybe nine year old s- Melissa would classify I, it as a horror movie. I it, it's not a horror movie in the traditional sense, but there right. are this movie has more fear and terror and chills and like things that will stick with you way more than like. Like, I don't remember what happens in The Exorcist, but, like, that boat almost being crushed by the other boat, like, I'll remember that 10 years from now. Yeah, yeah, that, that was a, a scary scene for sure. Um, I, I think to to me also just the, it, it's, you, you mentioned the use of space and where people are and where the crowd is. I think another detail to me that was also scary is when they realized that, some of these boats, these lifeboats are being just packed full. And then there's some there's like three people in in the, the boat and they just happen to get out there. And they're like they're just like, what are you fucking doing? Like, why? Yeah. Like, you, you, you can't just let three people go in a boat. You, like, you can <laughs> it fit was, 70 it was like in 12. there. Uh, sure. But like, I'm, I'm exaggerating. Better, but, but yeah, but, yeah. But. Still, like that, that is the idea that it's not just space, but it's the selfishness of people once mm. that happens, right? In both ways, too, because there is also the scene where there's that one guy who's trying to, to save Rose, who doesn't even speak the same language, uh, right? Yeah. And is just d- dragging her along, and she has to, yeah. like, punch him to like stop and like i'm trying no, I to have to do go something back. yeah i have a yeah. mission i'm asking you for help and you you're just ignoring me um mm-hmm. well and, it's and like but it it is this like weird chivalrous selfishness of like you're a woman yeah. i need to save <laughs> yeah. you you're helpless yeah, yeah. yes um, yeah it's and like you said like that might have been somebody who d- like doesn't understand english doesn't know what she's saying and there is in the in the third act of this movie with all the lifeboat loading, it is a mix of selfishness or carelessness of, oh, we'll load like 12 millionaires on this boat and then let it float away, even though it could take 40 more people. But also just a lack of information. Like yes. it's established early on when Rose is talking to to the architect, to Victor Garber. And she realizes there is not enough lifeboats. Like, I'm looking at the lifeboats. I've seen how many there are. I can estimate the capacity. I was told how many people are on the ship. And she's like, that's not enough, right? And he's like, yeah, that's not enough. But they told me. Less than half, yeah. Right, too many lifeboats will make it cluttered. The audience knows that. The protagonist knows that. But we have no proof that just all these crewmen know that. They may not know we have to load the boats to capacity and even then we're getting half the people off the ship. They may think like, oh, there's room for everyone. Like, we don't know if they've done that math also. (laughs) So it is this terrible mix of carelessness and just dramatic irony of, oh no, they don't know what I know. Yeah, on on top of that, where the next nearest ship is. Like, assuming yeah. the ship is sinking okay well then they've called for help like so, so, someone will be here soon right and we know the next ship isn't going to be there for four hours which when I, I think the response when you first hear that is oh that's not that bad four hours right like it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. shouldn't be that bad but then yeah you're like but wait 
they're by an iceberg. The water is freezing cold. Yeah. It's the middle of the night. It's dark. Uh, the chaos of people just tr- trying to survive and be selfish and do all of that and get their own and the families being separated in the midst of that, like provides a real danger where mm. boats are being broken. Like even the light yeah. boats are being thrown around and tossed around in a way mm-hmm. that is like, this is destructive and is going to kill more people yes. than it, if we were all just single filed, like, and like, if we all remained calm, probably would have been better. I can't say for sure, but like, it, it's yeah, just, it's... there's an, an extra layer of just like, it, it should have been much it should have been five four hours isn't that but but man there's just small details that not everyone knows or thinks about that it's just like oh but that's an added layer oh but they didn't know this oh but that right yeah there's so much to worry about it's just this like swiss cheese effect of like you have a stack of swiss cheese slices and like all the holes are lining up in one space and you can see straight through the cheese block and you're (laughs) it's like that like there's so many bad things layered on top of each other and it's so hard to know like what is the correct thing to do like there are ships there there are rescue boats that are rightfully chastised for not going back when they have room but some of them are pretty much close to capacity and i think somebody says if we go towards the survivors they will swarm us they will all try and clamor on this boat they will overtake us and then our rescue boat will sink so there's people who like if they try and save other people, if they try and save the people off of their boat, they are putting everybody on their boat in danger also potentially. And it's, do you risk that? Do you, could all of us die if we try that? Are we going to save five more people who we can fit on here? Or is this boat of like 60 of us just going to stay put? Yeah. Yeah. Like there's no best practices for anybody to follow. There's, there's also just like, it's the lack of communication in the midst yeah. of all of that because yeah if one boat decides to go rescue yes that i mm. i think i would agree that that is what would happen the boat would get swarmed and yeah. it would yeah it would put everyone there at danger and that's not a good thing but if all the boats went at the same time you could probably mm. work it out yeah. right like uh, there, there's probably something you could do but that's the thing is that the, those boats can't really communicate to one another right. cuz they've like, like yeah it's just it's, it's 1912 you know you don't have a walkie talkie maybe you've got a bullhorn or something but you're who knows how far away the rescue boats are from each other and maybe one crewman's yelling to another crewman on the boat but there's so much death screaming that you can't hear each other exactly like once the ship starts to sink there is no win condition there is no best way out like i there's no way to get out of this without at least 50 people dying <laughs> like maybe you could have cut the death count in half but still there's unimaginable deaths even in the yeah. best case scenario for what happens here yeah, that sucks. Um, of course, we have Let's... to shout out the b- 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 band playing 
uh, as the oh. ship is sinking. Uh, I, I knew that that was a thing. I've yes. seen gifts that has been like one of the cultural osmosis uh, mm-hmm. things that I, I, I have absorbed. Uh, but yeah, it was still just neat to, to see the scene in its entirety where they play and they stop. And then they're like, all right, well, I, I think we yeah. should maybe focus on, you know, saving ourselves. And then there's the one guy who, who just he no, he's like, all right, I'm like, there's there's no hope. And so he he just starts playing again. Yeah. And one by one, the band starts to be like, I, I think he's right. <laughs> and they all just yeah. start playing a, yeah. a more. There's... And it's just like, fuck, man. Like <laughs> the tragedy of the people who are fighting so hard to survive and sometimes being outright selfish you know like like the dozen people who take one boat for themselves or whatever there's and that mix with the people who just resign themselves like fairly early on to i'm not getting out of this am i there's no chance for me or like maybe there is a chance but how could i prioritize myself over like all these women and children <laughs> like the, right, yeah. the combination of people who are like I'm destined to die and other people who are fighting so hard against impending doom there's yeah. everybody's approach to the situation is different <laughs> wild wild stuff you were uh, about to go in a different direction here let's talk about our leads we've talked about the setting and the disaster plenty what were your thoughts on Jack and Rose themselves and their romance Good stuff. Um, Jack, as a young artist with a lot of skill, of course, he says they didn't like him in old Perry. But yeah, I mean, he he has incredible skill. He is the definition of a starving artist. It's it's interesting to see. Leonardo DiCaprio go from the like young starving artist in Titanic to like where he is in The Great Gatsby, right? right. And just just playing <laughs> the exact opposite character. Another right? movie where he is dramatically backlit by fireworks. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love exactly. that one shot in The Great Gatsby, and I like never watched enough Titanic to know there's like a mirror to that shot in this <laughs> right. movie. <laughs> exactly um yeah like i i i really liked that scene there i I think that is another like layer to the this Mm -hmm. whole disaster that i don't think is necessary like it they mention it a couple times but is not necessarily made super clear in terms of how it affected the disaster uh Mm. is the 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 class the classism uh, mm. that is in in there like he is poor he is not one of these like uh, fancy rich people with all the mm. money all of that stuff so yeah when the lifeboats do need to be taken up and p- people put in there there's a, a just a very quick mention of like uh, like oh no we like these are the first class hates yeah like uh, these are the like you 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 can you can get the next one um but then it just moves on because there's so much chaos. Um, but it, it it was a fun time to see him at that dinner table, just com- just completely being like, "I know you all hate 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 me, and I'm just gonna have some fun." <laughs> right. right. You all hate Kathy Bates too, but she still has fun. Right. Yeah. And then, Kathy and, 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 Bates. Go ahead. 
No, I just wanted to take a sidebar on the Kathy Bates character, Molly Brown, who is a real person. The unsinkable Molly Brown, who survived the Titanic and survived maybe like some other wild historical disaster. Like she had a lot of hardships in her life and she like managed her way through all of them. There's a movie, there's a musical movie based on her life, the unsinkable Molly Brown. And I haven't seen the movie, but I've seen the stage musical before. And I loved the stage musical. It's so much fun. But I saw it in a local outdoor theater and it started raining real hard right at the Titanic scene. (laughs) So I've never seen the end of that story either. That's funny. But the actress like came out with an umbrella and she's like, well, I'm going to tell you guys what happens in the rest of the show, even if we do have to call it for rain. That's funny. I I could have sworn I saw something, yeah, that there were, like, maybe I was looking at an IMDb page or something. I don't remember what. But, yeah, it, it there is someone on the Titanic who had also survived two other shipwrecks. So it might be her. There's, uh, I, think there's, be else. I think oh, there's a nurse. nurse. I think there's a nurse on the Titanic. I watched an episode of Puppet History about her. Interesting. Yeah, it was it was just some little small tidbit that I saw of 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 just like, man, what terrible bad luck to be in three shipwrecks. Uh, was that just what the earliest early 20th century was just like a shipwreck every I mean, year? <laughs> I mean, kind of. I would assume especially like she may have been a nurse like in in, in the Navy. Did I, they ex- I think she was. Did they accept? women back then i don't know when to that be happened nurses at least yes yeah so yeah to be like i, I i'm not sure the exact history on there that's why i was like i don't want to say this i don't know um but yeah like that like especially if she was a nurse in the navy or something she would be on ships like that and i think yeah at that time like maybe they were experimenting with new materials or new ways to do these ships mm-hmm. or something who knows i i just i don't know but yeah that is wild to me that there is all of these little smaller stories in yeah. there that's just crazy to think about mm-hmm. um but to yeah. go back to jack and rose there is such a strong classism theme throughout the movie, mm-hmm. but I really appreciate like the first time they talk to each other after he's saved her from her suicide attempt, jumping off the back of the ship. She sees him the next day and she's like, oh, I bet. And she can tell he's of a lower class than she is. And she's like, I bet you're like, oh, look at this snobby, bratty, rich girl. What problem does she have in the world? And he's like, no, all I saw was somebody who was in trouble, who was very sad. And I just wondered what happened in her life to make her think that this was her only option. I, I really like that between these two characters that we've got this lead who is very well aware of the class struggles, the, the things that he is struggling against, but has enough of that human empathy that when he sees Rose, he sees her as an individual and not as just a symbol of the rich. Yeah. Yeah. Um, something else that i really liked with that is after that dinner table scene Mm. he's like all right you want to see a real party (laughs) and they go like in the interior of the ship and everyone is down there like singing and clapping and dancing and spinning around and it it is just like so much like 
people always think about these like lavish rich people parties uh that do all this stuff but then yeah like you saw exactly what they do at the they <laughs> sit around the table they drink wine they eat cheese they talk about their business it's just dead it's soulless mm-hmm. it's lifeless and then they go down stairs where these people are poorer they don't have much they might not have anything at all but they're 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 smiling they're clapping they're dancing they're having so much fun and mm. like it, it, it is just this interesting like juxtaposition of these these two parties uh that was just like this is a good scene i like this like this is <laughs> fun <laughs> You know what scene I, I like I knew because it's iconic, but I really enjoyed watching is the draw me like one of your French girls scene. <laughs> I love, I never knew that that was entirely Rose's idea. I thought maybe this was something Jack kind of like jokingly said, like, oh yeah, I used or to draw a lot of you. And at first she's like, oh no, 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 no. I'm, or, I'm too. Or that he would like, or he would make a joke about it. Like, oh, I used to draw a lot of life models. You're welcome to model for me if you want. Sure, yeah. No, she never, like, he tells her about his history, but he never tells her about it in regards to, would you like to do this? It's her idea. She's like, I want you to draw me like one of the French girls. I'm going to be completely nude. It's her idea. Like, she has so much agency in this romance that I really liked. I really admired that from her a lot. Um, And I... I, I I just it's a it's a compelling romance. Like even if it's become such a cliche, twenty five years later, like you still enjoy it. And maybe it is. It goes by so fast, and Jack is almost uh, fantastically enamored with her. But I kind of like that it's this sort of daydream aimed at teenage girls, the girls of any age, anyone of any age can like sure, have yeah. just this fantastical romance that they can just believe in against the backdrop of all this terrible historical tragedy. Yeah. And and I'm pretty sure I saw that whole scene when I was a kid, I went back in my memory and it's like, I don't remember my mom like fast forwarding or saying like, kids, how about you go to the kitchen uh, and, and we make some snacks like, I don't remember that, like, the, the scene being skipped over. I know I remember the hand in the steamy car. So, <laughs> right. Shout out to my mom for just letting the movie play out as regular, like, even that's... though I was eight. I was a big art museum kid, though, so maybe she's like, well, she's seen nude paintings. That Th- is this the is thing. just it's the not... behind the scenes of a nude painting. It It is, it, it, like, as, as much... <laughs> as much agency as she Mm. has in that whole thing it's not inherently a sexual act right it it, like yeah it 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 is art right he he is actually trying to draw her and do a good thing it is not a pretense for them fucking right Mm. it it, it is is it's not not like he drew her and then drew an arrow and wrote this is where the dick goes (laughs) like it's just a beautiful drawing of her right very sincere yes it's very sincere he's actually trying to make a great sketch and yeah uh, like she she is actually trying to pose for him she's never done it before so she's like hey should my, my arm be up here like what 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 should i do here like that is actually what happens in in those things but yeah there 
is that flirty nature to it. Like, yes, she knows is, that he has a thing for her uh, and she is kind of intrigued by him. And so for for her to disrobe right in front of him and then make the comment like, oh, the artist blushes. Uh, and and he's he's just like mm, like I'm gonna get down drawing like uh, yeah I don't worry about I like it. That <laughs> it's it is foreplay, but it is not purely a pretense yes. to further sexual acts. Yes, <laughs> like exactly. it, it's both part of something and it stands on its own. Yeah, um, like you you, you and, can watch that scene by itself and be like, yeah. All right, yes, this is not sexual. Mm. despite maybe one or two things that they hint at mm, in their mm. conversation but yeah like you can leave it at that and move on and yeah it just it and is I, what it is and i love that a hundred year old rose is like yeah wasn't i a dish like she's so proud of that drawing of herself she no is, regrets yeah. from old Rose. <laughs> that was also one of the things I've seen that GGGF of the it's been 84 years. <laughs> I've seen that yeah. everywhere. I had no idea that that was from Titanic. Yeah, it's <laughs> I, I do remember that from like Tumblr in the oh, early yeah. 2010s being like waiting for the next season of Sherlock. <laughs> been 84 years. <laughs> Let's. I I need to talk about the the infamous door scene and how there's scene like like the the think the cultural thinking about this scene is the movie acts like there's no room on the door but really there is room on the door like I saw some image that was going around the internet again in like 2012 2013 that was these college kids who watched the movie and like did like a model of the door as like close to the real scale as they could get it based on watching the movie. And they had like these two, like uh, these two figures were like, okay, you're approximately Kate Winslet's size. You're approximately Leonardo DiCaprio's size. And it was just like a multi-panel image of every different pose and configuration they could have both laying on the door. Yeah. But I think it's, there was some uh, retort to that that was, it's not a question of the space on the door. It's the a question of how much the weight door. the door can have. Yeah. Like there's not, it can't hold the weight of both of them at once. But then that also, but there's the question of why don't they just switch off? All right. Rose gets 30 minutes on the door. Jack gets 30 minutes on the door. Like they theoretically could, but also you look at Jack and just his, the whole heart being given to Rose in this movie. And you yeah. know, like he would never accept that if she offered, if she like jumped into the water and tried to like push him up on the door, like he wouldn't do it. He's prioritized her throughout yeah. the entire story. Like there's, if, if, unless that door did have enough weight for two of them, Jack's dying. Jack has already made his peace with, I am dying so that this girl who came so close to death, who has had such a bad life and who deserves so much better can live. She needs to live over me. Like he's absolutely made his peace with that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an, I, it's an interesting scene for sure. Cause th there is this like, well, do they have to be completely on the door? Can they have their like feet in the water kicking right. around here? Two dry like, torsos, two wet legs. What does that do for you? Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, just like 
I yeah, that it's an interesting scene to think about, but it is also the that like they're in the midst of a bunch of other people, a bunch of other debris. Is there not something else that he can grab onto or it can hoist himself up on? I know not everyone out there has found something, but also people are dying around them, right? Like, hey, dead guy, Timmy, sorry, but I like you're dead. (laughs) Right. I Uh, use your corpse as a flotation device. Yeah, That or, yeah, just roll them off the door that they're on and then you can get on the the thing that they were on. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I would think if they were closer together body Mm -hmm. next to body, there would be some like we can get more body heat to keep us warm. We don't have to be fully on this thing, but yeah, like it's just. It's kind of a mystery, right? Of just like, yeah, we'll never know. No, no, I don't think the Mythbusters did that one. (laughs) Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Another scene in the romance I want to talk about is it's uh, it's like the afternoon before the crash. I think it's right before the I'm flying Jack scene that we all know. Mm-hmm. Uh, where like she's walking along the decks with Billy Zane and he like pulls her away. I think she said like she doesn't want to see him again or like she's been made to say she doesn't want to see him again. I forget where, how it goes, but like he pulls her into that weird old timey gym yeah. and he's telling her how much he cares about her and how remarkable she is. And he says, I just need to know that you're going to be okay. It's less of a run away with me scene and more of a, Please don't marry that man if you really don't want to. I don't want you to do anything you feel like you have to do for somebody else's sake. Rose, please just be your own person, whether it's with me or without me. Like, her well-being, separate from him, is his priority. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Which makes for an interesting end to the movie when all the people get rescued and they're on land yeah. and they're taking stock of like all right what is your name How, like so we can identify you all and she has her hood up because she, she mm-hmm. sees him walking around looking for her and she's just like i'm someone new like i yeah i that is, is such a harrowing experience right that it does change a person to have survived that but then on top of that mm-hmm. to have experienced this flash of a romance just this this lightning strike right and it, like that can also change you that can also change mm-hmm. who you are and that's essentially what she does is she t- takes his last name yeah when when they're like all right and who are you and that's why like <laughs> She was able to kind of hide for those 84 years, right? Because no one by that name was technically on the Titanic. Yeah. Uh, And and then when she saw her her nude picture, she goes, oh, oh, hey, that is me right here. That is me. You can contact me. I'm right here. Art modeling sessions. Right? High five. (laughs) (laughs) Did. Did you cry at any point in this movie? Did you get misty eyed? I did not. Oh, stone cold. I, I saved all my tears for lost this week. I believe that. Yeah. That's what you need to cry at. That's correct. I cried so much (laughs) at the end of that. 
I, I didn't, I, I didn't wind up really being, I was emotional in different ways. Sure. Uh, watching this movie. Like I said, I had to worry about the cruelty of nature, the deaths of dozens of people, uh, the, the, the hard, hard living that, that all the, all the performers <laughs> had to go through. My brain was like too crowded. The only time I got teary eyed was at the beginning with Bill Paxton. Cause I'm like, Oh man, Bill Paxton's dead in real life. <laughs> right. Yeah. It was such, such, Bill Paxton three timer review show three timer. There you go. We've seen aliens. We watched Twister earlier this year, and now we this. Sure did. It's really yeah. interesting to watch this, like not too far from when we watched Twister. Because as soon as we see his buddy, his like long-haired buddy on the diving ship, I'm like, okay, he's the Philip Seymour Hoffman of this group. I understand. Yeah, indeed, indeed. Um, yeah, I I don't know if I have much more to say on Titanic. Um, in in interesting thing to me about both this film and the godfather i i uh uh-huh. there's very few times but it, especially in ones like these which are considered like just mega important films they're super famous they're they're classics they're they're studied they're dissected they're all sorts of stuff i sometimes feel nervous talking about them just yeah. to be like what yes. am i gonna bring to the right. table of about this like what what will i say that hasn't already been said or something Mm. like that and i just kind of have to get over that and just be like well i reacted to these things these are the things that spoke to me and so yeah Yeah. that's that's what i did those were the things that spoke to to me in particular Mm. um that's not new who cares i like this is how (laughs) this is how i reacted um so i i i feel like you yeah. had a good good conversation yeah everyone's reactions are different and it it is interesting to visit the not revisit totally it's, these pieces of like big cultural importance that we've seen in like we started watching the movie we never finished it or oh, we've seen all the memes i've seen clips from that somebody described it to me once but i've never watched it directly right to f- see what is this thing in its entirety like within the context of seeing it completely and wholly for the first time in 2022 what is it how does it play out what does it remind us of how has culture changed around it what things uh, have we seen other movies do again and maybe do better or what things from this older piece of art still really hold up? Like yeah. there's, like I said, there's nothing. I've never seen anything that's quite like Titanic. <laughs> I don't know if we ever exactly. will. Exactly. We've seen things on similar large scales uh, of similar levels of technical impression, you know, of just dazzling jumps forward in technology and of the craftsmanship and then mm-hmm. the hard work that goes into it um but nothing quite like this i've never seen avatar that's a, a movie right it's a movie that like everybody says is just middling but everybody says that because they've seen it like even if nobody likes it that much we've all seen it but i haven't seen it and i don't care if i like it that much or not i just want it off the list i want to have seen it because at go. the very least, I'm going to get the just looking at it and knowing I am seeing that is also on its own, like completely unique. Nobody's ever done anything like this. Nobody else is doing anything quite like this. Like this is another wild James Cameron pet project that he's just throwing everything into. Yeah. And even if people might roll their eyes at the story, 
as a technical piece of work, it it's outstanding. And I look forward to seeing it. Uh, and, I look, and I also thought it was a good time to watch Titanic this year. Since we're getting James Cameron's return to directing since he made Avatar in like 2009. And he's finally yeah. doing Avatar 2. The Way of Water, his next wettest film. Yeah, there, there you go. Uh, yeah, it, I, did, I am not a huge fan of Avatar, uh, but you are right. He did make a brand new method of 3D, uh, of, of filming things in 3D, specifically for that film. And it's been used a number of times since then it's been mimicked and stuff like that but man james cameron absolutely loves that film like yeah. he 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 will not shut up about that film and how great he thinks it is uh which is kind of funny to me but oh well um cool good stuff uh do you have any kind of final thoughts on titanic or should we move on to bingo no I enjoyed it. If it's if you've been in the same boat as me, where like you've never seen all of it, or you didn't know if it was for you, give it a shot. Like I think everybody can find some angle on Titanic that is really compelling to them. Yeah. Um, indeed. Go check it out if you have not already. It is a classic for a reason. Even if you don't think you might be into this kind of romance, I I. Don't want to say chick flick because at the end of the day, I don't think this yeah, is a yeah. chick flick, but just of, yeah, maybe more stereotypically than not a guy film. It's, by I, I, I think it's a movie that standards. Yeah, that could appeal to a lot of people and has a lot of empathy in it. It is perhaps one of our finest human flicks. Yes. For humans. Go, go check it out. Human flicks. It, movies for humans are like human movies um yeah yeah <laughs> uh with that being said i think it is about time for us to check in on bingo mm. review show bingo movie trope bingo all that good stuff let Let's me pull see. it up on screen um i we did not have a ship ai <laughs> do imagine a remake of titanic but it's like a spaceship like out, out in uh, space, like that is the the conceit there. That's Kyle, interesting. That is an episode of Futurama. Really? Yes. See, I, I didn't know that. But yeah, there you go. Uh, it's already been done. If you can think it, it's already been done. Um, who, who did the score for this? Was it Hans James Zimmer? Hor I no? believe it was James Horner. Okay, then it, yeah, I would. That's like Kyle, I, I have Hans Zimmer score on this, and you <laughs> gotta do a week of pitches that are just movies that Hans Zimmer has scored. I will right. let you like blatantly knock just, that off your bingo sheet because he's done such a variety of films, you which is so funny to me. Different films It's so funny to me because that is why I put this as a trope. Is he's done yes. so much? He has such a wide large body of work that i was like hans zimmer score we'll get that yeah this is our surely. like second year doing the review show big i know last year we only started it like halfway yeah. in that year but this is our second year and i still haven't gotten hans zimmer score on on anything that we've watched yet um so i i who knows maybe that one is not as surefire of a thing that i thought <laughs> 
Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't think we have any kind of update for uh, review show bingo. Expository art? No. No. no I don't think so. Okay. Not, not in the way I've been looking for it. That's a well, very abstract one. I've been trying to prove to myself and I haven't managed to do it this year. Yeah. Uh, disappointing for that. But that is our check in on review show bingo. Uh, that being said, let's do recommendations. Yes. Melissa, if people liked this film, what else might they like? Uh, I already uh, mentioned The Great Gatsby, one of my faves. Uh I haven't seen Unsinkable Molly Brown, the movie, but if you find that stage show being produced live in your area, seek it out. I had a lot of fun watching most of it. Yeah. Hopefully it won't rain where you are and you can see the end. Whatever that episode of Futurama is, I haven't seen it in a long time. I don't remember what it's called or where it is in the series, but there is one of those. I would recommend... um, Two YouTube channels. Oh, I mentioned Puppet History earlier. Puppet yeah. History is a series on the YouTube channel Watcher. This is from uh, Ryan Bergara and Shane Midday from like the BuzzFeed Unsolved videos. Sure. Uh, they've got their own channel and they have the show called Puppet History where like a little puppet called The Professor. Shane does a puppet show that like tells you a historical lesson and like it's him and he's got like Ryan and like another guest there is like the students and they have to answer these pop quizzes. Uh, it, they're like half hour long videos. Each one's on a different topic. There is one about this nurse who like survived the sinking of the Titanic and like a couple other ships. A really wild, wild. tale. Yeah. Puppet history is a lot like you really do learn something and it's really fun. And the puppetry is very impressive. They make puppets cool. for like so many like inert objects. Like, I just watched one about Musashi Miyamoto, the samurai, and -hmm. how he was being rowed to an island for a duel. And on the trip there, he took one of the oars and, like, fashioned it into a new sword hilt. So they made a puppet out of the oar that, like, talks to you about how it, like, lost its brother. That's so funny. (laughs) Very ingenious. Um, Good stuff. There's a channel called Bright Sun Films. Uh, and their main show is called Abandoned. And it's just these mini docs about things that have been abandoned, like theme park rides, stadiums, uh, uh, d- d- dead retail. Like the latest episode they put out is about Fry's Electronics. You know, after yep. that bankruptcy, there's so many of those buildings sitting around abandoned. And there's sometimes the show will cover shipwrecks. And there are a couple really well done fascinating looks at shipwrecks like shipwrecks that have happened in like the last several decades like post titanic shipwrecks like the one about like the costa concordia which is about some shipwreck some like cruise ship from like italy that smashed in i don't know but sometime in our lifetime these looks at like in our lifetime semi-titanic events really interesting um, That's cool. Really, really dark material, but fascinating approach. And there's another YouTube channel called I think, oh, Fascinating Horror. Fascinating Horror. That's also these mini docs about horrific historical events. Um, I, I don't know if they've literally done the Titanic, but they've probably done many things like the Titanic. 
And mm-hmm. I, this is a channel I was subscribed to for a little while, but then it was like, I can't be tempted by these. These are too harrowing. I got to unsubscribe. <laughs> like, I can't watch that much of this channel, but I really admire what it does. Really smart breakdowns of like what went wrong in these various situations. It lays mm-hmm. everything out for you really clearly. You really understand the process of how things happened. And there's always a part at the end of the video where they talk about, okay, after this happened, this is what changed. These are the precautions that were then put mm. in place to make sure things like I that gotcha. didn't happen again. Yeah. So it's very dark subject matter, but there is some level of reassurance in the video also. So gotcha. those are different YouTube channels you can go to to learn. Good stuff. Uh, I have a few things. The first one I will say is Dunkirk, the movie Dunkirk. Oh, yeah. Uh, it That's is a, a World War II. Uh, World War II, right? Yeah. Uh, maybe. Uh, but if uh, you did not like the ending of Titanic where the boats did not come to rescue people, uh Th- this one might lift your spirits uh, a mm. little bit at the end um, there, but it is a a, a harrowing tale of people kind of just trapped, uh, j- just waiting for help, just waiting for rescue. Um, and it, 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 I mean, not to really spoil it, but it, it, it was a historical event that help did come, that rescue did come. Um, but it's still it's kind of told it in like three or so different stories, um, different people kind of experiencing that event from different perspectives. Um, and yeah, it's it's a re- really, really interesting uh, tale for sure. Did you know that one of the Titanic uh, crew officers in this movie was based on a real person and that real person is also represented in Dunkirk? Oh, wow. I yeah. did not know that. I forget which guy he is that you see around on the Titanic. Um, there's the guy with the gun, Reed Richards, and then I don't know any of the other ones. Right, yeah. They all kind of blend together. Uh, but according to IMDb, during World War I, Titanic's former second officer, Charles Herbert Lightoller, served in the Royal Navy Reserve in multiple vessels. Despite his distinguished record, he would never command a merchant vessel for White Star or any other shipping line. After leaving merchant service, he owned a small motor yacht for much of the rest of his life. He was one of the many private citizens who helped in the evacuation of British and allied forces from Dunkirk, France. He and his two sons would be credited for evacuating approximately 130 allied personnel in the dangerously overloaded vessel. Interesting. Good stuff. I wonder then if that is like the main because there is one of the stories in Dunkirk that, that is like might be about him. the I th- like. I think he's Mark Rylance. Guy that yeah. they f- focus on. It's him and his son, and uh, then it's uh, I don't remember the actor's name. The guy who was in Eternals. Cillian Murphy. Is, no, not Cillian Murphy. Oh. He was in Eternals. Uh, he also plays yeah, the yeah, Joker yeah. in the new Batman. Barry Keoghan. Yeah, yes. yes. Uh, he's in that he kind of stows away on the on the ship with them uh, there. Okay. I'm wondering if that's his character then. I could be wrong, but uh, I still got, interesting. I have 
I have seen Dunkirk and a lot of it is a blur for me. This is one of the movies like Jack and I would watch together in quarantine, just like starting it at the same time and texting each other. And I'd look down at my phone and I'd text her and I'd look back up and I would be like in a completely different place in time. So like I gave up on trying to follow that movie. It demanded my full attention just, and I was not able to give it that night. It, it's it's it follows multiple characters and they're each in a mm. completely different space. Like one is an Air Force pilot that is doing stuff. One is that private citizen responding. One is yeah. like a, a soldier who's trapped behind the the yeah. lines there. So there there are like you can like look down and then look up and you're in a completely yeah. like, different story and it's just like what is happening uh but it, it is a fantastic film i liked it a lot um on top of that uh you can also again the same barry what was his name again kyoen there's a g in it but i don't know if you pronounce the g Keonin. it may be Kyo- kyogen it's one of those two i think something like that um yeah, he's also in Chernobyl uh, for a brief Oh, second. I didn't know that. Yeah, not a main character, but he is in it. Um, and yeah, go watch Chernobyl. This is another disaster uh, story. Six episode miniseries. Absolutely fascinating to watch. Uh, just how everything goes wrong and no one wants to believe that things are going wrong. Uh, it is not for the faint of heart to watch. It is harrowing. It is dark. It is, but man, it is like it, you, you, you just cannot stop while watching. It is just riveting. Um, I would highly recommend that, uh, on the more sort of fantastical side, uh, back on number 73 here on the whatnots review show, we covered season one of the terror. Um, yes, which is a a fantastical adaption that that's not the right word. A fantastical it's, take on historical events. Um, yes, yes, it is historical horror fiction, speculative yes. historical fiction. Yeah, this was a show that was on AMC. Each season was a different kind of situation. It's like an anthology uh, in that sense. Uh, but it's uh, about a ship in the late 18 or in, in the mid 1800s that is uh, trying to sail through Arctic Canada. Uh, and yeah. in this show, they get stuck and they are are stuck out there in the ice and have to survive. And they are slowly freezing. Their food is gone in this show. There is a monster hunting them and yeah. then they turn to cannibalism. Uh, so yep. it is a wild show, uh, but that is m- more so on the fantastical side of things. But that that too, just if another n- uh, shipwreck disaster thing. Yeah, uh, but the the monster stalking them is a a more minor element compared to just food resources and crew fighting. It is right, yeah. w- much more of a historical drama than it is. A, a monster horror ta- tale exactly exactly uh so yeah i would say go check those things out those would be my recommendations good good recommendations oh yeah okay pitches for this next week i have yeah. three comics 
for us to read. We 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 do comics often uh, here on the show, but I've noticed recently we don't like we do movies or TV shows back to back more often than we do like comics back to back. Our comics are more spread out. So you know what? We're doing a comic at the end of the yeah, month. We haven't done one in a little while. I, 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 I was just like, you know what? Let's just sneak another one in there. Uh, so I have uh, three indie comics uh, that are all available on Comixology Unlimited for you all okay. to read. Um, we're, I, my pitch is that we would read the first two volumes of each of these. So okay. it sh- should be a real quick one. Pitch number one is entitled Seven Secrets. This is uh, okay. by Tom Taylor. Uh, and Danielle Di Nicolo, I, be- I believe, Nicuolo. Um, it says, for centuries, the says for centuries, the order has trusted keepers and holders to guard the secrets in seven briefcases against all harm. But when their strength, when, when their stronghold is attacked and the secrets put in peril, the entire order must face their greatest fear. In in enemy who knows too much and is willing to kill to get what he wants. Now the order's newest member, Casper, must discover the truth of the secrets before the enemy does. Or risk losing everything. Kind of seems like a mix between uh, like a spy thriller, but with a more uh-huh. modern, younger, almost like superhero take on it. Okay. I, I don't think it's necessarily superheroes in this story, but instead of it being like Bond, James Bond, like instead of that like high society, mm. it's maybe more like Kingsman. Like yeah, younger yeah. kids that are so that that's at least what it seems like. I have not read this uh, book, but I uh, Tom Taylor, who writes this this book, uh, he is kind of one of the more recent superstars in comics. OK, um, and we I don't think we've really done much of his no. stuff here on the show. So seven secrets. Yeah. OK. Seven secrets. That's pitch number one. Pitch number two is entitled Once and Future. I believe I pitched this once before on the show. Um, the des- description uh, says the king is undead. Long live the king. When a group of nationalists use an ancient a- 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 artifact to bring a villain from Arthurian myth back from the dead to gain power, ex-monster hunter Bridget McGuire escapes her retirement home and pulls her unsuspecting grandson Duncan, a museum curator, into a world of magic and mysticism to defeat uh, a legendary threat. Uh, This is from writer Karen Gillan and Russ Manning and Dan Mora on art. Um, Explore the mysteries of the past, the complicated truths of our history, and the power of family to save the day, especially if that family has secret bunkers of ancient weapons and decades of experience hunting the greatest monster 
in Britain's history. So there you go. And that is once and future. Pitch number two. Uh, and then pitch number three, a book that I, I know nothing about except for I've seen it and I know it exists, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is not much at all. Um, this is a book called We Only Find Them When They're Dead. Oh. And this is a sci-fi story from Al Ewing, uh, who I've, I've read some of his stuff. He's an incredible writer um, and art by Simone DeMeo. Uh, it says the gods are always b- b- beautiful and the gods are always dead. Captain Matlick and the crew of the spaceship, the Vihan 2, are in search of the only resources that matter and can only be found by harvesting the giant corpses of alien g- 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 gods that are found on the edge of human space. While other autopsy ships and explorers race to salvage the meat, minerals, and metal that sustain the human race. Malik sees an opportunity to finally break free from this system by being the first to find a living god. But Malik's obsession with the gods will push his crew into the darkest reaches of space, bringing them face to face with a threat unlike unlike anything they've imagined unless the rogue agent on their ship uh on their trail can stop them first not on their ship but on their trail um yeah we only find them when when they're dead is uh pitch number three so pitch number one seven secrets pitch number two once and future and pitch number three, we only find them when they're dead. I googled all three of these. They're all very cool looking. I mm-hmm. love that the the title pages for we only find them when they're dead are these huge block letters and they like changed the like scope and the focus and the angle of them. I really like this text design. That's exciting. Yeah. It's cool. Uh, I am going to go with Once in Future because this is a book that my older brother's really into. He's told me about it several times. It's been on my long list of things to get around to pitching to you. I just don't know comics as well. (laughs) I was like, maybe once I get three comics people have told me about, I'll pitch them to Kyle. (laughs) Good stuff. Uh, Yeah, Once in Future. I have heard good things about this book. Um, Karen Gillen is a fantastic writer. Uh, I believe currently writing the Eternals comics for mm. Marvel, uh, among uh, other things. Um, but yeah, I, I, I've heard good things. Don't know much about this book. So I'm excited to dive in and check it out. Like I said, if you guys have a subscription to Comixology Unlimited, you guys can check this out. I believe if you also have a kindle unlimited subscription or mm-hmm. whatever yeah. their subscription thing is you can yeah. also uh check this book out on that as well um so yeah there you go that's what we shall do volumes one and two of once and future uh that said let me pull up the calendar because right uh the week yes. after that is when we do the the first uh first bit of kaiju max uh, mm. which is also a comic, uh, a prison story 
but with a bunch of kaiju as the prisoners. Mm. Uh, so that'll be an interesting one for sure. Um, but yeah, I believe that about wraps us up this week for the Whatnots Review Show number 222. Melissa, where can the people find you on the internet? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at WilkyWit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. And listen to my other podcast, Saturday Morning Obscurities. This is a show where me and my brother Jams talk about weird old kids shows you feel like only you remember. There you go. Uh, yeah, and if you, you you guys want to follow me, you can find me on Twitter at Yo Kyle Springer. And of course, if you want to stay up to date with all of the stuff that we do here at The Whatnots, we are at The Whatnots on Twitter. So please go like, share and subscribe. That would help us out a ton. Go check out one of our other videos right over there. That would help us out a ton. Um, and yeah, you will be back next week for Once and Future Volumes 1 and 2. That being said, we will see you all next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>